Welcome back to Cardiology, everybody. We're happy to have you back on. We're very excited. It's finally, finally week one. Finally. Time for us to actually talk about real football and real matchups. And so I'm really excited to get into all of this with you today. Today, we're going to talk about the matchup. We're going to talk about some of the key headlines that have been happening going into the matchup. Who's on the team? Who's been moving around? What are some of the different things that we're looking at? We're going to talk about our keys to the game. What do we see coming out of the Browns as we go into this week one battle? And then we are going to turn around and we're going to talk a little bit more about what we are expecting out of the team for the rest of the year and what we see really is the building box going through. And as I promised in my teaser of the last episode, we're also going to introduce a new sponsor for our podcast, which I am very, very excited about and I'm happy to share with you. But uh, first things first, as always, I like to have a co-host with me and I have yet another Browns fan with me here. I'd like to introduce my friend, Chris Burdett. Chris, Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome, man. Oh, I'm I'm happy to have you. <laughs> you know, Chris and I have been friends for almost 20 years now. Yeah. We've wor- we worked together for a while. Chris was a big part in helping me build my wonderful basement bar area that I have right that was now. Fun. Yeah, we, it was a good time. <laughs> um, but more than anything, we've just become very good friends, and we always always spend. A great deal of time talking about the Cleveland Browns. So why not record it? So Chris <laughs> has so graciously joined us and I'm so happy you're here, Chris. I'm, I'm thrilled, man. This is going to be a blast. Why don't you share a little bit with the listeners just about where you come from? And Sure. It's, uh, what's really kind of wild is, you know, most of the folk that live, have lived here their whole life um, have been Browns fans their entire lives. Well, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And most of you probably know it's about two and a half hours south of here. But what's weird about Parkersburg is you don't really have any national teams to follow and you don't get a steady diet of any games. So down there, you would get the national game, right? You get the occasional Pittsburgh game. Then you get the occasional Cincinnati game. Yeah. In the occasion- so I never knew what fandom was. Right, right. Then in April of 1990, I moved here. Then I found out what fandom was. Right. The Indians were going crazy. Uh, it's absolutely a Browns town. I watched basketball for the first time probably ever during the Mark Price and Brad Doherty era. Uh, and it's, it's just absolutely, you know, where I grew up, they would give the basketball scores without saying the team's names. You know, like, and the, tonight's basketball score is 102 to 95, 97 to 92. That's next. Next to you, Bob. It was just like, so it's it's been a real treat. And But I'm absolutely a diehard Browns fan now and have been since 1990. Great. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you here and and just spending some time Thanks, with us, man. being part of our rotation group here. Well, let's get right into it and sure. let's start talking about Week One and the top headlines going into Week One. Finally, I, yes, finally. Thank goodness. My wife doesn't like how I'm sequestered for the next 17 plus weeks, but I live for it every year. Mm. So one of the top headlines is just some of the changes that have happened in the roster since we last spoke. So our last episode, we went through pretty exhaustively about the 53, but that has changed already. And so one of the key things that we saw was the return of Isaac Rochelle. And uh, those listeners who tuned in last time know that I... I was a little dismayed that we had let him go in the first place. So for him to come back, be a part of our practice squad and potentially uh, get in a little bit more is is really cool. And but he wasn't the only big person named. I was shocked Josh Rosen came back. What is that? I know. I don't I don't (laughs) understand. I think it's Josh, but just what? 
I, I don't understand. Like, I, I just didn't see anything out of Josh Rosen that I thought needed to stay on the roster. So that was a little interesting to me. And, and definitely building off of when we had gone through the trouble of picking up Kellen Mond in the waiver wire process. And, and I kind of wrote that pick up off as oh well you need someone to run the practice squad well now we brought back Josh Rosen to run the practice squad so I don't know how many snaps are going to be available for us to know whether Kellen Mond or Josh Rosen are worth being here obviously one or both of them is going to be the odd man out after we as we go into week 13 almost has to be yeah and so it's interesting I, I don't know exactly what the experiment there is but I was very surprised to see Rosen come back on top of that, we also saw some additions start to come through. And I think one of the big additions and something everybody was looking for was another tight end. Yeah. So Jesse James has joined the team. I think that, you know, this isn't a guy who's going to necessarily challenge for receptions and playing time with Njoku and Bryant. No, he's definitely more of a blocking tight end. Yeah. I think for sure. And I think everybody was a little surprised. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, our coach, is, is pretty well known for really liking the tight end position. And I think a lot of us, I know I was surprised when he only kept three. So almost wasn't the question of, is he going to find another one? But when and who is, who's it going to be and what type of tight end? Yeah, and, and you know, when he when he kept three, you know, he kept Miller Forrestal as more of a project on the right. practice squad. So I think we, we all were expecting another body, especially someone who could block, someone with a veteran presence. And I, and I think that that's basically what we saw at Jesse James. Not a, not a big name, no. but, but someone who will help as, as we're going forward. The other name that we picked up was Joe Haig, the uh, offensive tackle. And I think um, this is one that was a little bit more interesting. Now, one, we, we let go and made room for Joe Haig on the roster by letting go of Drew Forbes, who'd been around... Um, had been on our practice squad, been through training camp for a while. And, and we talked a little bit about it last episode about the project offensive linemen and where we were with the different offensive linemen, what guys were trying to be developed and what was going through. And I think at that time, we thought that basically Drew had won out as the one who was going to hang for a while. But I don't know. I, I feel like this particular pickup has a ton more to do with Jack Conklin than it does anything oh, else. I, I totally agree. I mean, number one, you can never be too deep with offensive linemen. Um, and as we all know, we you know lost our center, got a good veteran replacement, but they certainly haven't gelled. Conklin went out last year, and he's still working his way back. He's supposed to be close, but what that means, who knows? Right, right. Um, and if you don't have an offensive line, you can't run, you can't throw, you're dead in the water. So right. I, I was happy to see the signing. Sure. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind another. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I think to your point, you know, you, you were staring at going into week one, not knowing where, whether Conklin was going to play or not. Right. You've, you've got Jedrick Wills out playing left tackle, and we all hope that he continues to progress. Um, showed some good things in preseason, hopefully has been taking a lot of his notes from his time with Joe Thomas and some of the, the extra coaching he's gotten. You've got two Pro Bowl guards Oh, yeah. Um, so you're set there. But yeah, you have a huge question mark at center. And while Ethan Poshik might be a fine replacement, the reality is that's a big question mark. And if you aren't set on the right side at right tackle with Conklin, it could be a little iffy at the beginning of the year. So I do like that if they have any question at all that whether Conklin's going to go, that we have at least shored up our options there. After Conklin having that long of a rehab, 
The last thing you want to do is at the very end of his rehab, push him in too soon. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, especially this year with our quarterback situation, you know, they're going to need that line to be stronger than ever because we're going to have to lean on the run, and I hope we lean on the run a lot more. Yes, yes. Um, and he's going to need time back there. Yeah. Uh, so fingers crossed as always. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. we're Browns fans. That's what we do. Yes. Right. Yes. So I was glad to see that. And then, like we said, to free up that space, you had Drew Forbes leaving and then also Kunisik, the linebacker, which I don't think we'd really seen a lot out of. I think he was a little bit of a what if kind of thing. Um, so we'll see. I do know that Drew Forbes was already picked up on waivers, so he's already headed to Detroit. Yeah. Um, so good luck to him there. So I don't know if potentially um, Kunisik is is destined to come back for the practice squad or not. I guess we'll see that in the next couple of days. Yeah. So with that, you know, it kind of takes us into some of our injury updates for the group. And the good news, yes. and I think one of the big positives coming out of the preseason, is that we really don't have lingering injuries happening. Like like we've mentioned, um, we're basically waiting to see what happens with Jack Conklin. Um, but otherwise, right. relatively healthy. We we lost the players we lost, um, you know, but at the same token, we've had some weeks to replace them and get ready to roll. So I feel pretty good about that um, and how that injury situation ends. Um, which allows us to be healthy going in to this big game right. against the Carolina Panthers. So, of course, of course, week one, it wouldn't be a week one in the NFL if there weren't storylines. And I would I would honestly say <laughs> that probably one of the biggest storylines, not just here, but across the NFL, is the Browns versus Baker Mayfield. Never heard of him. Uh, uh, no, no, never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's just... It's got everybody up in arms, everybody excited. We've got people on Brown's Twitter who are hoping that Brown's lose because they're upset that Baker's gone. We have other people who just want to see us completely demolish Baker. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> I think in the grand scheme of things, um, this is just a matchup like any other. Um, I think that Carolina is a team um, that's very much like the Browns have been over the last couple of years, unable to really kind of get momentum, get pieces put together, right. and have had very important pieces of that puzzle missing. And one of those pieces is quarterback. Oh, for sure. And it, it was so funny if you think about their roster. I know he's out injured now, but you know when we were looking to draft, whether it was going to be Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, mm -hmm. and here they are this year competing on the Panthers for the same job, Right. It's like, how surreal is that? Or even just think back a year ago. A year ago, we loved Baker. Right. And he started out the season and looked really good. And one play. It took one play, and that's where he threw the interception. Yeah. And then he tried to block somebody and got injured, and he was never the same afterwards. Right, right. Um, you, know, you do the what if. What if we, they would have shut him down? Would this be different? You know? Right. But it is what it is. Yes. Um, he's always been fiery. You know, and that's his motivation. And there was all kind of buzz this week about what he said to a sideline reporter. And, you know, and uh, and then he even came out, out and made a statement after that. Like, oh, no, I didn't say yeah, that. And it just makes it worse. Right. 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 So so I, I, I don't know about you, but 
the idea that he would come out and say that he wants to f up our team is that so shocking is that not. not is that not what every starting quarterback feels like sure. or should feel like i think the only real difference is that baker doesn't just feel things he says things um and so no filter yeah right he doesn't have a filter and any he, and he's going out and and sharing this i i think i get why he had to come out and say you know that's not what i said that's not what i meant it's not what i i get why you why he had to do that well, not trying, make it any worse he was trying to get it off the bulletin board right but but the reality is i'd have been fine if he just said yeah of course i said that right because that's my job um you know, there there was that uh, this this T shirt that he made for Week One, which honestly, considering all the partnerships he had in Cleveland with all these great different T shirt makers and all these great artists, I don't know where he came up with that shirt. It looks like something out of a bubblegum wrapper or something like that from the fifties. But maybe, but he puts maybe, it out. Maybe he got it through a bundling deal. Maybe maybe he did. Yeah, yeah. Something a little extra came came with the condo when he when he actually moved in. Um, but it, it just these are typical Baker things, right? So so I think everybody these are the things you loved. I'll tell you what I really loved though. I loved the response that Miles Garrett gave to it. Yes, yes. because Miles Garrett is a complete class act, and he said, "Hey, that's who Baker is." That's what he does. I don't wish him any ill. We're going to go out there and play our game. He gave them absolutely nothing to put up on their billboard. Right. Nothing. Well, and I think you're expecting, or we're all expecting the Browns defense to be a critical piece of any success we have this year. But we're also, you know, this is a defense that we're, think has a high ceiling. Oh, yeah. Maybe, Maybe a top five or better defense and so if you're a top five or better defense does it really matter what the other quarterback has to say in the week leading up your skills are beyond that and so if our team needs baker mayfield to come up with random statements and random t-shirts in order to go out and stop him well then we might have a bigger coaching motivation problem than than we really understand but i i i agree with you completely i think miles took the took the high road he said hey you know what that's baker that's the way he's always been that's what he uses to motivate him mm-hmm. and sure we'll remember that but what he's really saying is we'll remember it for all of our trash talk during the game sure. other than that this is not all that big a deal i wish baker nothing but the best i do i Me do too. see the like you mentioned we're talking about a series of incidents and we don't know really how it played out in the locker room we don't know if baker refused to sit we don't know if our coaches refused to sit him right we don't know how that all worked all we know is that it didn't work and then it fell apart and then yeah we we moved on we decided to go after a pie in the sky signing and we ended up with deshaun watson and it changed the dynamic and i wish him nothing but success um, but just not week one. I, I, right. I don't need to see anything well, yeah, out of week to one. To your point, I mean, in my opinion, I think I think Baker was the best quarterback we probably had since Bernie. I mean, he's the first one after how many years that at least got us back to the playoffs. Well, I mean, there's got to be something to be said for that. You know, he's he's not evil. He just wasn't no. the right fit here. No, he just the 
things changed. Yep. Circumstances changed, right? You know, now that we've talked through Baker, let's talk a little bit more about what we might see as some of the keys to the game. So, you know, let me yeah. let's start with you, Chris. What what are some of the things that you're really looking for out of this game? I, I've got three, and, and I have to give this next one credit to a couple of buddies of mine, a couple of buddies of yours too. Every Browns game, I've got a buddy in Medina, Ohio, and I've got a buddy in Panama City, Florida, and we text. And the one thing that we have said for the last two years is absolutely the key to this game and every other game, which is you have to run the ball. Yes. We need to run the ball down their throat. We have arguably the best running backs in the game. And you need to run it down their throats until they stop you again and again and again. So that's number one. Because if we get that established, as we know, you establish the run, it opens everything else. Um, And that kind of leads me to number two. Jacoby Brissett needs a lot of early target success, including uh, Kareem Hunt and David Njoku. Uh, he just needs to get the wheels turning. Uh, you know, some nice short passes, get some ball movement, uh, get some confidence building. Not that he's not confident, but as we know, we haven't seen anything. Uh, and also, he hasn't had those weapons out there in a real game situation because none of them played in the one preseason game. So that's number two. He's got to get some early success to build that momentum and inertia. And then finally, our defense has to be great, but for this game, they have absolutely got to stop Christian McCaffrey. Um, He's their number one offensive weapon. Um, He's a monster. Uh, We know if there's any doubts on the Browns' defensive side, it's probably the interior lineman. And and he's, he's a big guy. And he's tough to get down. So, you know, they have to find a way to stop or at least slow him down. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think we're going to win. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, 28-20, 24-17, something like that. But that would be my keys. Um, What about you, Mark? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, I I agree with all that you said right there. One one of the things that I'm looking for, too, is is I'm really looking for um, a statement from our secondary. I think that we've talked um, in the offseason about how strong our secondary is. We have kept the strongest guys on the roster through training camp. I want to see us lock down the receivers that are out there because I really feel like that makes a statement for the team. You mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, a big part of Christian McCaffrey's game, when healthy, mm-hmm. is coming out of the backfield. Now, what will be interesting is that wasn't necessarily a strength of Baker's when he was with our team. So his ability to just dump the ball off to the running back coming out of the backfield was not really something that he no, did he, very no. well. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works um, and how that plays out. But you're right. I, I think the, the defensive line... Who's going to step up? Because we've been waiting to see who's going to grab hold of those jobs. I mean, we know we've got Garrett. We know we've got Clowney. I'm very excited to see Clowney come back. Yeah, He's he's basically gotten a chance to rest throughout training camp, which mm-hmm. is great. I'm looking to see these guys tee off. I really am. And I want to see it. And And Clowney is, a, is very, very strong against the run. So hopefully he helps keep... McCaffrey contained a little bit, um, but I'm really looking at that. You talked about Brissett. I think Brissett's our big unknown, right? Yeah. I, I will tell you that when we started to make the changes in the quarterback room, you know, I was excited about Brissett because I actually think that Brissett is one of those quarterbacks who he's bopped around the league, but I don't know that he's ever really gotten the opportunity to be up front. 
he had that opportunity for a little while in Indianapolis. And then they kind of shifted gears. They did the Carson Wentz experiment that just did not happen for them, didn't click. But I feel like he's got the ability to keep us in games. Now, the question will be, does he have the ability to win series for us? Can he actually, can we count on his arm to get us through? So I'm looking for, I'm looking for consistency out of Brissett. I'm looking for as few mistakes as possible. And hey, I want to see us go deep a couple times. I don't know who's going to catch him because we've all been waiting. I I want to see I want to see Amari Cooper. We pay, you know, we made this trade for Amari Cooper and one of, you know, one of Andrew Barry's biggest moves mm-hmm. was getting in on the wide receiver market before it went crazy. And so we got Amari Cooper for relatively little in comparison to all the other free agent wide receivers are out there. So I want to see that connection. I want to see what have Brissett and Cooper been doing in practice behind the scenes that we haven't gotten to see on the field. I think those are the things that I'm really looking at. Of course, you know, Nick Chubb is always going to be Nick Chubb. Like you mentioned, running the ball is going to be a big piece. But if we're going to be able to be effective running the ball, there at least needs to be the threat of something else. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for is just... Do we have any threats to help ease that load, to help loosen up defenses that are going to be stacking the box against someone who is arguably the number one running back in the NFL? Absolutely. Those are all fantastic points. I totally agree. Um, You know, and I would love to see our corners absolutely lock down their wide receiver core. You know, I think their receivers are like DJ Moore. And believe it or not, the former Brown, the one they only have Hollywood Higgins. Yes, they do have Hollywood Higgins. But but I, th- I think that it'll be interesting to see uh, whether he gets much more playing time than he got here because they just picked up Chenault um, and traded for him. And right now in their depth chart, Higgins is showing as the backup to DJ Moore. But right. I wonder how many practices are left before that's a little bit different. So um, hopefully, I mean, I always enjoyed Higgins here. He always seemed to be in the doghouse for some reason. But, <laughs> but but also, too, always seemed to be in the doghouse, but never publicly. So I don't know exactly what that dynamic was. Um, but I hope, I hope again, that he, he gets a chance to shine again, just not in week one. Right, right. absolutely. Well, at this point in the episode, I want to take a little bit of a break. We're going to do a special segment each week, and we are going to do a weekly pick em set segment where we're going to pick against the spread. And for this, I've asked our good friend Gary Marr to join us. And Gary was kind enough to actually call in. He's out vacationing in Florida this week, so he actually decided to call in. We're going to go through and pick a couple games, get into the mood for week one, and just see where we go. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm doing great. Looking forward to this. Awesome. Well, I'll let you take it away. Go ahead and start us off. All right, great. I think, well, why don't we save the Cleveland game for last? So let's go with uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a six and a half point favorite in this game. If I'm looking at this one, I really think that, you know, Pittsburgh still got a lot of questions there. Quarterback, I think Burrow is settling in nicely at Cincinnati. She's just got too many weapons. Uh, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Okay, well, I think I'm going to follow suit as well. I would agree with you that I think 
one, the question marks of the starting quarterbacks, but also two, I just think that I have a little bit more faith in Cincinnati's ability to truly run the ball, even if Burrow and Jamar Chase are being locked down. So I'm going to give up the points and take Cincinnati in that one. Great. Hey, and I think you, Mark, you and I, we're just going to go and see how we do against pure luck of the coin flip as well. So I'm doing a coin flip on each pick and just let fates pick it as well. They pick Cincinnati for this game too. So, all right. All right. So we're all, we're all in on Cincinnati. Okay. What, what do we got next? Uh, Baltimore at the jet uh, jets are getting seven points on this one. Uh, even with that, uh, Jets always have a lot of questions. I think they're going to be a lot stronger this year. I do think uh, Jets are going to put a solid team together, but I'm not sure they're going to be ready in week one to take on Baltimore. So even with the points here, I'm going to go with Baltimore uh, against their old quarterback, Flacco. Uh, I think I think we're going to be a little bit boring here. I think I'm going to follow suit and go with Baltimore as well. I, I do think the dark clouds hanging over Lamar Jackson's contract are going to continue to hang with Baltimore and is, is going to be quite an interesting story throughout the year. But I don't know how I feel about Joe Flacco picking up the reins uh, right away week one with Zach Wilson down. So um, until I see that play out, I think I'm going to go with the known quantities and go with Baltimore as well. Awesome. And uh, again, talking about boring, the coin is even agreeing with us still. So uh, coin flip says Baltimore too. Uh, well, then we're all destined to lose probably if we keep picking the same <laughs> things, but we'll see how it goes. All right. So what do we got for game three? Uh, game three, we're doing the Sunday night game. We're going to go uh, Buccaneers versus Cowboys and Cowboys are getting two and a half points in this one. Uh, so you got Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott in this. Buccaneers got a lot of questions going on with them. Uh, even so, uh, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. So I'm going to go with Tom Brady in this one here. Well, this is where we're going to diverge a little bit. I have a feeling on this game. So I'm, I'm going to actually take those two and a half and I'm going to take Dallas. I think that this is really a huge make or break year for Dallas. I need to see what happens with Dak Prescott and now CeeDee Lamb. And I really have a lot of question marks there with Tampa Bay's offensive line and all the injuries that have been happening there and how that's going to affect um, an offense that was really clicking last year. So uh, for this first week, I'm, I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I'm going to go with Dallas. Makes sense. And uh, I got to say, this is probably the one I'm least sure about. So uh, we'll see how that works out. And I'll say the coin agrees with you. Uh, the coin flip agrees with Dallas Cowboys. So all right, here we go. See how that works out. Then the, the Monday night football game is next up. And that's the Broncos versus the Seahawks. The Seahawks are getting six and a half points in this game. That's a lot of points there. So looking at that, I still think the Seahawks, you know, I think their mission this year is to lose. I really think uh, they're they're trying for a draft pick teams that are rebuilding uh, that are looking to get get a good draft pick they generally don't win in week one or, or even come close so even with all those points I'm going to go ahead uh, with the Broncos you know with the with Seahawks old quarterback to win yeah I you know what I like the Broncos in this one as well I just really feel like they're loaded for bear with Javante Williams now with Russell Wilson They've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, a lot of offensive weapons ready to roll. And, and like you said, I'm just not sure what Seattle's playing for. You know, they got a lot of questions with their running back. Are they going to get any production out of their rookie after his hernia? And just, I don't know that I can bet on Geno Smith yet. So I am going to go with Denver in this game. 
Yeah, those are a lot of good reasons uh, to add on to what I thought. Coin agrees with us as well. Coin's keeping it nice and boring this week. Wow, so we'll see, wow. see where it goes from here. So it, it agrees with the Broncos. And then finally, we got our headliner game. We got Cleveland at Carolina. Carolina are, are the favorites, but uh, it's only a one and a half point spread. It's closest game of all the games we're picking this week in terms of the spread. So in essence, this game is a coin flip. Um, if, if you're looking at the odds, when I look at it, I, I don't quite see it that way. I think the fact that Cleveland really knows Baker and, and has some insight into how to play him defensively, I'm really assuming and hoping uh, that that factors in and that becomes a, a major part of this game and that we're able to kind of stop him and stall him well, and give Brissette a time to, some time to get going and, and score. So I'm going to go with Cleveland in this one. Well, there'd be no way week one coming off into the new season that I'm going to bet against our Browns. So I'm going to go with the Browns, although all tendencies would say that the opening game of the season is not really the friend to our team. Um, but I do think that I'm a little surprised at the line on this one as well. I, I don't know that I see it that much of a coin flip. I do think that we're going to have to see how Carolina gels. They do have some pieces that can can play well. They remind me of where Cleveland was, not going into last year, but the year before. And when we had that year where we, we kind of squeaked into the playoffs, they've got a lot of those same pieces. You know, big thing is going to be how Christian McCaffrey holds up throughout the year. And also, too, how well Baker Mayfield clicks with their weapons it'll all be interesting to see if 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 how it plays out so i i actually expect uh the browns to to definitely cover in this one so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with them yeah and i i think the other question i saw in carolina too is how well their offensive line is going to gel because as we know baker if he has some protection he can be pretty good i'm just not convinced he's going to have that protection and we'll find out in week one how that line does uh i will say the uh the coin flip and this particular one made it interesting. The, the coin says Carolina went against us okay. uh, in this one. So we got a couple couple of differences on a few picks. So we'll see how we end up at the end of the week. Yeah, where this is just going to be a fun segment for us. We'll keep track against each other, get some bragging rights amongst the group um, and just have fun with the picks. So uh, thanks a lot for calling in, taking some time out of your vacation. Um, hopefully you have a lot more fun to come down there. Um, and we will make sure we check in with you next week for the results and also for our week two picks. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy, Gary. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So before we get into many more of the things we're watching for, or even our predictions for the week, I have been promising listeners that I would talk about our new sponsor. And in doing so, that just happens to be a part of our conversation with Chris as well. So Chris is not only one of my best friends, but Definitely. he also has this wonderful up and coming business. And he has so graciously stepped up to be our first sponsor. So Chris, I'm going to let you take your spotlight here. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your business. It is with great joy that I announced that CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More is the official sponsor of Cardiology. Um, I started a business six years ago, uh, based out of Akron, Fairlawn specifically. I make garages awesome. That's my job. I'm a sole proprietor LLC. Uh, it's focused on garage organization and beautification and utilization. So you can make the most of your garage. Probably one of my most popular items is my garage cabinets. Um, I found a fantastic cabinet manufacturer in uh, Illinois, and it's similar to designing a kitchen. I have over 500 different cabinets wow. that I can put in any configuration pretty much you can imagine. 
uh, and also handy wall or slot wall that comes with those to help organize things too. The goal in the garage is the only thing that touches the floor is either a wheel or a tire. So you get everything up, you can keep the floor clean, right? And it's a great thing. So yeah. Very cool. Well, I know one of the products that you sell that I've always been really intrigued with is the race deck flooring yes. and, and how that all works. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about that product. Race deck is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a modular flooring. They got their start in NASCAR and IndyCar garages. And the best part about it is, number one, you can clean it and make it look like a million bucks. Number two, grease, grime, any liquids that would come out of your car, wipe right off. Clean right up. That's great. Here, though, specific to our area, the thing I like most about it is when spring comes and you've carried all that salt into your garage, you don't even have to use a pressure washer. A little bit of soap, hose it off, comes out looking like a dream. And you can do really cool patterns. You can even do logos in it if you want. Oh, wow. You can have so much fun with it, and it looks so good. And most garages, I can do the entire install in one day. Wow. So you, there's no time away from your garage. There's no parking on the street for two weeks while it dries. It goes down. It's a floating floor. It's never going to delaminate. It's fantastic. That's great. Customers love it. That's excellent. What yeah. are some of the other projects that you've been working on lately? Some of the other stuff? Yeah, well, I tell you, it's been interesting. Um, the first few years I was in business, I was doing primarily, you know, folks that wanted to clean up their garage and get them organized just for daily use, that type of thing. In the last two years, I've had more and more customers that have turned their garages into entertaining and living spaces. I've worked around more TVs, kegerators, refrigerators than you can imagine. I've even done butcher block cabinet tops, countertops in garages. Oh, wow. I did a his and hers where he has the workshop on one side and she has the place she can entertain on the left side. Uh, you can do so much. It's really great. But, I mean, it doesn't all have to be the fancy stuff. For a lot of my customers, what they want more than anything else is just a place for more storage. Probably one of my most popular items is uh, overhead storage. Attaches to the ceiling. It's adjustable in height. Oftentimes it goes right on top of your garage door so you don't see it all the time. Mm -hmm. It can hold up to four or 500 pounds. People organize their things in boxes that seal up. And it's just unused space, so it's been really good. And then along that same line, a lot of folks have those fold-down stairs in their garages. Mm -hmm. And they have mm -hmm. a loft area where they have, they have some storage up there. Uh, I also sell a product called VersaLift, which gets installed into the ceiling. And it's a motorized trolley, if you will, or lift where you can put things on it, hit the button, and that takes them up for you so you don't have to try and maneuver them up those rickety stairs. Oh, I need that. Yeah, you do. I, I, I need that. <laughs> I, the, the amount of times that I have to carry boxes and different decorations and clothing and everything up into my attic is it, just ridiculous. And it's a safety thing, too. You know, I mean, you've got to be careful. You've got to be safe. You know, I like to look at it like I don't sell products or I don't sell cabinets. I'm a garage solutions provider. Oh, that's great. That's so. great. You know what? Even just talking about this, you get my brain thinking, you know, about what I can do in my garage. And, you know, I need I need a recording space. Oh, my. I mean, as, as much as I like being down here where the where we have the bar right by us, you know, I know it's awful hard to keep everybody quiet in the house while I record. <laughs> and it wouldn't be so bad to maybe uh, maybe spruce up that garage for a recording I'm studio. Sure, we can figure something out. Ah, so <laughs> so I hope I, I hope that things continue to go on, and we really enjoy having you here. But um, let's Thank make you. sure we get everybody your contact info. So if they need to reach out to you and they want to learn a little bit more about what they can do with that garage space, where can they reach you? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website. You can check out a lot of other examples and submit your information if you would like a free garage consultation. It's www.cbs.com. 
CustomGarageInteriors.com. So it's basically CB's Custom Garage Interiors without the apostrophe because the internet doesn't like that. <laughs> right. Well, thank you again for thank you. Joining, joining the family, not only as a sponsor, but also, too, for hanging out with me today. Cool. So as we finish up today, I want to kind of talk now about, you know, what our predictions might be for this game and, and how we're feeling going into the game. I know it's a brand new season. We all like to have our optimism really high. Uh, but what do you th- what are you thinking? How, how, when you look at this and you look through and, and how this all is going to play out, what, it, what are you guessing for this game? I, I think it's going to be a question of does our offense function well enough to score, right? And how well our defense can stop them. I mean, I know that's an incredibly basic take on it. I'm not sure whether to expect high scoring or low scoring, quite frankly. I have a feeling this year we might have some games that we win nine to three, you know, or nine to seven. Mm-hmm. This game, though, there's so many unknowns. And on top of all those, we have the Baker factor. Right. So I think we're going to win. And I think it's going to be probably in the 20s of the scoring. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up being like 28-20. Browns win. Of okay. course. Yeah, of course. I, You know what? I think I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go with Browns winning as well. I am going to hang my hat or or my hopes on the defense, and I'm really looking to see the the big names come come to life there. So what I am going to hope for is potentially something that might not be as high scoring. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go for something. How about 24-14? Hopefully we're gonna see some like we talked about before, some uh, lockdown defending out on the out on the perimeter. Um, but I, I feel really good about the team going into here. I, I think we've had a different strategy in the preseason than we've seen in the past. In the past, you know, we're used to watching every single one of these positions and every single one of these battles because we were looking for starters yeah. within all of these areas. And so I think what we witnessed this year was a situation where we weren't looking for starters. We were looking for depth. And because of that, you know, maybe some of these different changes and maybe some of the different roster spots seem odd to us. But the reality is that our starters should be pretty set. And we're hanging our hats on the defense. We're hanging our hats on the running game. And we are going to need those pieces to show up and show out in order for us to really bridge the gap between Jacoby Brissett and then the arrival of Deshaun Watson later in the year. So I think I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to go 24-14 um, and look for some good pieces to fall into place for us there. So with that, um, a fairly quick episode this this week, but mostly just because it's the start of the season. And all, <laughs> all of you out there, I hope, I hope you're uh, getting all your plans together for opening weekend, trying to find your best place to sit and have your beers watch the game, enjoy your families, and just root on our Cleveland Browns to victory. We will be continuing to come to you every week going forward. Um, So we've got uh, our episode this week. We will be coming back to you next week with our thoughts on how the game went. Um, Did our keys play out? Did we we were on the right base? Um, And then we will start talking about the next week into week two and some of the things that we're looking for there. So, Chris, I, I want to say thank you again for, you know, obviously, you know, 
sponsorship helps, but I'm but I'm also super happy that just that you I, got it some time to come sit with us. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that I'm not going to have any problem getting you back. You will not true? have any problem. You'll 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 be like, did he call again? Why? <laughs> I want to thank you. This has been this has been great, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I mean, I love the fact that you're doing this. Uh, I really enjoy participating in it. Thanks for letting me participate in it. Sure, and I couldn't sure. be a prouder sponsor. So, well, you're always welcome back here. But now. It's time for us to head out. I'm ready to have a couple more bourbons here as we sit. You know, this was, we earned it, right? This was was a good recording. We we, we get that. But let's let all of you go. I hope you all have a great week. And most of all, let's have a tremendous Sunday. So out there in the world, go Go Browns. Browns!